we know associations run better when they communicate. We know they run better if they have social events, if they get together, if they know their neighbors. Because if they, when they do those three things, you know, it's hard to have the disputes that we're seeing. The disputes that we're seeing right now only happens in community associations. Because we live here, okay, and we feel that they don't have the right to tell us things, and we have this attitude about us, we have conflict. There's drama. Common Sense for Common Areas exists to help all 2 million HOA board members nationwide have the right information at the right time to make the right decisions for their future. If you're a board member, that's you. Stay with us weekly for actionable insights that minimize stress, avoid catastrophes, and protect your property values. This episode is sponsored by three businesses that care about volunteer board members, Association Reserves, Community Financials, and Kevin Davis Insurance Services. You'll find links to their websites and social media in the show notes. Hi, I'm Robert Nordland from Association Reserves. And I'm Kevin Davis of Kevin Davis Insurance Services, and this is Common Sense for Common Areas. Welcome to episode number 10, where we'll be discussing another interesting aspect of community association living, the impact of your location on insurance. A regular feature of our podcast series will be these Hot Topics episodes, and right now insurance continues its time in the spotlight. So we want you to be well-informed on all aspects of insurance to help you be well-prepared when you're discussing insurance at your association. Before we get started, I want to remind you that if you have a hot topic or a question you'd like to have us address, you can contact us at 805-203-3130 or email us at podcast at reservestudy.com. And in case you haven't had a chance to listen, I want to encourage you to check out our latest episode, number nine, where we interview Scott Ewing, another inspiring board hero this time from California. Now back to today's episode. Kevin Davis, our co-host, has been serving the insurance needs of community associations for decades. So he's exactly the right person who we need to have on the show to give his perspective on what your location says about insurance risks. So today we're going to talk about location, location. And uh, Kevin, as we work in this um, conversation today, uh, we had a a question from Brian from New Jersey on insurance. He says, I'm finally in an association with no drama. Does that make a difference? So insurance, insurance, location, location. It's a great topic and it's probably the most important topic for us who evaluate these associations every day. That's my job to look at associations and find associations just like Brian's there that has no drama. You know, we specialize in directors and officer liability insurance. That's the kind of insurance you need because when you get into trouble as a board member, you're looking to us to back you up. So we're looking for well-managed associations. That is what we do. That's what's important to us. The more well-managed you are, guess what happens? The better coverage you're going to get, you know, the lower the rates going to be. The costs go down. As simple as that. Your costs go down, you get more limit availability, and your deductibles are lower. So in other words, if you're not a well-managed association, you're going to be paying a lot more money, okay? You want to have a, the, the limits you desire, and you're going to have a sub-retention or, uh, or additional amount, the deductible amount you have to pay because of that. So that's what we do on a daily basis. We look at these accounts. Now, the cool thing for us is that we get data. 
We get data from all across the country that tells us where location, 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 basically what it boils down to. Where are the United States? We're going to see those associations that will have less drama, less complaints than anywhere else in the country. You know, we see disputes, we see headaches, we see problems, all type of associations, but we can pinpoint exactly where we're going to see them less and less and less. And that's wait, our wait, topic wait, wait, today. Wait, wait. I would have thought you'd talk about uh, things like being close to the coast or being in a large city, but you're talking about drama is location specific? Yes, and for that, what you just said. Okay, so let's talk about, let's, let's, let's go into some detail here. There, there are 360, 70,000, 50,000, we know, about, let's say 350,000 community associations in the country, right? We know that. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Now, but where are they? And you talk about the coast and everything like that. If you look at, you know, the West Coast, you know, Oregon, Washington, California, and then you go around to like Arizona to Texas, that means about, you know, 30% of our condos in that area and the bulk of them in California, for sure. But if you look at the East Coast from Maine all the way to the Florida Keys, that's 40% of all the condos. So 70% of all the condos are in just that, those, 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 those areas. And if you look at the Midwest, you know, where, you know, Illinois and Michigan and, and Ohio on the area there, that represents most of your condos. So if you think about it, most of your condos and community associations are around water, you know? Interesting. That's what they got. 80, yeah. 80, 85% are your condos are in that area. I mean, it's like a, a big giant U. For people who are watching on YouTube, I've got a map on the side of my office, so I'm just watching as Kevin's talking about it, and I'm almost painting it with where the association clients are, and I can I can see that. I I don't hear about associations in Wyoming or Nebraska, um, South Dakota. I don't hear about that, but we always hear about New York co-ops or obviously two years ago, uh, Florida co condos. Yeah. All the East Coast all around now. So now... This is the first thing. So we look at that whole map and we know 85, 80, 85% of all our business we're going to write. And, and same thing for you, Robert, as a association um, reserve specialist, you know, you're going to look at that same block of business. Now, yes, there's some in, you know, Utah and Colorado and other places there, but the bulk of them are right there. So now if we draw a line, okay, uh, on the West Coast, there's Interstate 5. It goes from Canada all the way through into Mexico, right? Right. Everything west of I-5 are headaches. Well, you love them, but they're headaches. They're headaches. They're, okay. When you talk about drama, okay, most of your drama is going to be west of I-5. Okay? Interesting. Yeah. And if you look at your map there, you can just pinpoint where I-5 is at. If you look yep. at west of I-5 there, you can just imagine you're, you, you start to, you have to feel all the headaches. You're going to be in I-5 where you got San Francisco and LA and San Diego and Portland and Seattle, all in that area. Now, if you go to the other side over, you, you, all of a sudden you feel relaxed and comfortable just being there. Okay. Now, if you continue going east, then you go down to five. Now you go across I-10. Okay. Right. It's Southern, Texas. Uh, yeah. Southern you go east to west. Yeah. yeah. You know, now you're going east, I-10. Anything south of I-10 is your headache, okay? As you got Phoenix, and you got um, Austin and Houston, you got all those areas all the way right into Florida, okay? So anything that south of that area is all your headaches. And guess what's going to happen on the East Coast? I'm not- I-95. That, that's it. I-95. Yeah, 
I'm not an East Coast native, but that's exactly what I was thinking. Okay. Now, you look at I-95 from Maine all the way to the Florida Keys, right? If you live east of I-95, guess what? You have headaches. West of I-95, you don't have the headaches. Okay? But just look at I-95 all the way through. You got New York. You got Philadelphia. You got Washington, D.C. You got Boston. I mean, Baltimore. You got Virginia. You got all the beaches all around South Carolina and North Carolina and Georgia. Beautiful areas. Yes. But they're going to give you headaches. Okay. Well, the big picture, last time we spoke, I think we spoke about the high cost of insurance and what people can do. And you left us with some very hopeful ideas that there are things that people can do. And okay, now that we know with high density, there's going to be more, more people, more problems. What can those associations do to be on the good side of the equation? Um, exactly. There... Well, first okay. of all, let's examine why. What's, what's, what's unique about that right side? Okay? okay. What's unique about the East or the West Coast? Okay. There's, there's two factors that really creates the drama in associations. Okay. People with a lot of money and people with a lot of time. Because if you are living West, okay, of I-95, okay, if you live west of 95, okay, you're looking at people there who, guess what? They have the same problems that you do if you have east of 95. They, they get upset because you know, the assessments are too high or the rules are not being enforced properly or you're not maintaining things the way they should. The difference is if you live east of I-5 or west, you live in that middle area, guess what happens there? You got other priorities. You got other things that are more important. You know, so what you're going to do is that you're going to get frustrated and you're not liking. But guess what you're going to do? You may communicate a little bit better. You may sit down and have a meeting with somebody. You have to pick up the phone and call your lawyer and say, guess what? I'm being mistreated because they want me to carry my pet through the lobby instead of on a lease. And I'm not going to do that anymore. I got a lawyer on the phone and I'm going to spend, you know, $1,000 because I want to live where I want to live. And you can't tell me what to do or not to do. For some reason, we have more money and more time. Like in Florida, people have a lot of time on their hands. You know, they spend a lot of time looking out the window and saying, why the landscaper didn't trim that tree? You know, why the person walking there, carrying there, not carrying their dog through the lobby? All the issues that we see on a day-to-day basis, you know, we are seeing in areas of people with money and time. Interesting. I'm Again, I'm looking at my map and I'm thinking... Um, two cities that I know. One is Philadelphia. I often fly into Philadelphia and that is a very different town in Pennsylvania than Pittsburgh. When I think of Pittsburgh, I think of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the the hardworking, classically, the hardworking miners. Um, I don't know if I just think of it because of the football team, but there's a very difference between the the Philadelphia and the Pittsburgh mindset. And is that kind of what we're talking about? And the same with Miami versus Tampa in Florida? I, I would say sort of. But again, if you are living east there and you have time, number one, it's a matter of time. So you got a lot of, in Florida, there's a lot of retirement. That's why when you when you go across I-10 and you mix 95, all of Florida is <laughs> a problem. All of Florida okay. is a problem. And that is we got two things happening in Florida. That people have a lot of money and people have a lot of time on their hands. And so we have those two things together, they create all of our Florida problems that we see in community associations. There's tremendous amount of drama in Florida because you are having those things together 
when you have those things together, we have disputes, okay? We have these concerns, we have claims. What's the answer? Communication. We don't communicate with each other because guess what? I don't believe that you are my, you have my best interest and I don't care if I'm my best interest because I have the money to do what I want to do. Is that a little bit of my home is my castle rather than I'm a member of the community and there's a we that they're missing? They're, they're, they're missing the community aspect? And we'll talk about it a little bit when you talk about the difference between a condo and an HOA. In an HOA, they're more geared to understanding, you know, certain areas that they're, they're part of community and they, and they do live together and they do want to do things together and communicate this a little bit better than in condos. In condos, it's a matter of how dare you tell me I have to obey these rules, okay? Who will you tell me I have to obey these rules? And guess what? I'm not going to do it because I'm worth X number of dollars and you can't tell me that. Got it. It's my home. I want to do it my way. And that is often the source of um, conflict, I can imagine. Yes. Now, here's the interesting thing about like two states, for example, South Carolina and Georgia. Now, historically, South Carolina and Georgia were quiet states on the East Coast that did not have these issues, didn't have the drama that we're talking about. But what has happened over the past four or five years, um, even before COVID, is that people who live in the upper Northeast in Boston and New York and Philadelphia, they spend the summer in Florida. Guess what? They're not going to Florida anymore. They're now mm -hmm. going to South Carolina and Georgia. So Hilton all of a sudden Head, now- Savannah. Yes, that, exactly. Okay. Charleston, you know, Myrtle Beach, they're heading those areas. And, and in Georgia, you have Savannah and you have those beautiful areas, um, all that, you know, it's beautiful areas in there. And people are right. now, instead of moving to Florida, they're moving there and they come up with their same values, either their, their Northeast values, you know, how dare you do this here? How dare you tell me I can't do this and you can't do that? It's changing a whole area there. So anybody who's listening in, in South Carolina and Georgia, you will understand what I'm saying. You're seeing more disputes. You know, you're seeing more people um, filing claims because the assessments are, you know, they want to increase assessments. They want special assessments. Selective enforcement is an issue where hmm. there are certain people, it's okay for them to go swimming at two o'clock in the morning and not okay for others. Some people have a pet, not others have a pet. So you're seeing issues there that we haven't seen before. And that's why we look at this data constantly to see what's happening out there. We're seeing a lot of nuisance claims in those South Carolina and Georgia. I mean, by nuisance is libel, slander, defamation, bullying, and harassment. Those are the kind of things that we're seeing that increases the drama. And as we see those, again, the cost of insurance go up, deductibles go up, and sometimes your limits are not available. Again, I'm looking at the map and I'm thinking, um, I'm from the Seattle area, and I've heard some pushback from the people in Boise, Idaho, of all the people from Seattle that have moved to Boise and it's no longer the, the quiet, beautiful town that it was um, because of the difference in values that these newcomers have brought into the state. And we're seeing the same thing from California. A lot of people we know from California have moved to Idaho. You know, one of our best friends, AJ Scott, right? Okay. <laughs> Who moved to Idaho right now. And what happened, the same thing happened in Utah, Arizona, in Colorado. Colorado was one of those states that was really, really, you know, you didn't see a lot of drama in there. But we had a lot over the past 10 years, a lot of people from California have moved to Colorado, moved to Utah, moved to Arizona, and now they're moving to Idaho, which now my little I 5 um, corridor that we've been looking at, we're going to have to, it's going to be moving, you know, over the next two or three years. 
So we, you know, we, and we're constantly, this is what we're doing. We're constantly looking at it and saying, okay, what's happening out there? What do we see? And how do we make a difference? And that's what, again, that's why we're doing the podcast, you know, um, on this weekly basis is to make a difference. We see it. We see it in our own eyes that, you know, because people live in certain areas, you know, they're they're either A, they demand more things. It's some things are right. Some things they demand that are correct. If if you're from California, you understand that there are associations that have rules. You know, you got to follow the rules. Now, in certain parts of the country, you say, oh, well, you can follow if you want to. It's not, not a big deal. There's never a big deal until it becomes a big deal. We see it all the time in these small community associations, five, six, eight units, okay? They don't need insurance. They're happy. They're not worried about anything because there's no drama. Until one person moves out, another person moves in, and one person creates all the drama for them. Then all of a sudden, it changes the culture of that community association. Then all of a sudden, we get a phone call that says, guess what? We need your insurance now that we didn't think we needed for because of one person there that creates our problem, that creates the drama. And we look yeah. and see, okay, where's that drama at? Is it, you know, east, west, wherever? Uh-oh. You know what? We are more concerned because, again, the drama exists everywhere in the country. You know, I'm upset in, in Boise, Idaho, even I'm from California because um, the board's telling me to do something I don't want to do. You know, I don't want to pay more assessments than I paid last year because I don't think they've done enough for me. They, they didn't, they closed the pool that I should be getting money back anyway. But the difference is, guess what? If I'm in a place where I don't have the money or time, I will say, okay, I will deal with it and live with it. I'll be okay with it. That's the difference. Well, Kevin, it's got to be absolutely fascinating. I'm Because I'm a numbers guy. You know that. And it's got to be fascinating to see, maybe you could color code your, um, your map of claims and you can see it almost like a virus spreading around. So it, on one thing, it, it may fit the stereotype but it's the data and what we're talking about here is human behavior and human behavior that has been perhaps accelerated by the COVID situation. Is that, is that fair? Tell you what, I gave a perfect example. Something that we never kept track of before we're keeping track of now. That's election disputes. In Florida, they have more election disputes than they have issues like um, libel and slander, okay? Or, or architectural disputes. The architectural disputes is something that we see a lot of because people want to paint their houses a different color. They want fences. They want different things in their home. But guess what? Election disputes is becoming the big problem right now in Florida. And we're like, well, why is that? That means the people on the board are not accepting the new current board. So they're saying they didn't get them enough. <laughs> it's a rigged election. Are we hearing it all? And all of a sudden we're sitting there and going, I can't, we can't believe it. So we added a new, we have a list like 10 or 12 causes of action that we see. And then we add this new one, election disputes in there. And we see over the past four or five years, those numbers are increasing, increasing, increasing. Where historically was zero, now we're seeing a lot. And it's interesting, we see a lot in New York. We see a lot in Florida. Those are the two states that really dominate it. We see California has some, Colorado has some. Those two states really, really dominate. I wanted to blame it on red states versus blue states, but it can't be. It's just it's just one of those things that created issues. Yeah. And again, it, it's got to be fascinating for you to see the different types of claims that vary with location. And I can imagine there's so many factors. And in Florida, we don't know, but I could imagine that it may have to do with the budgets that are changing in Florida, the laws that are changing in Florida, as associations there are adjusting to the reality of it's going to be a little more expensive to live in Florida in a community association now that they are going to have to start funding their reserves. 
And that's got to create tension at a board level and the board's for, the board's against, and just uh, all those kinds of things. And so it's, it's got to be an incredibly dynamic situation that you're working with. Yeah. And, and Florida has both a- aspects. They have people with time on their hands and people with money on their hands. Those two things right there says that, guess what? You can't tell me what to do because I've been living here for 25 years and how dare you do that? Or guess what? I've been here for three years. I've brought a big expensive penthouse, you know, right there on, on you know, um, in Miami or Fort Lauderdale, you name it. Um, and how dare you tell me what I can and cannot do? It's, it's a big thing in Florida. It's also a big thing in New York City um, because there's a lot of money in New York City and people a lot of time, but nowhere near the magnitude it is in Florida. Okay. So um, people are moving. The challenges are changing. The challenges are moving. Uh, uh, you're talking about conflict is spreading, but what can a board do and what are uh, what are the measures? What are the things that you look for to find out, is this going to be a peaceful association, can we start to move their premiums down? What, again, what are those indicators that are telling you a little bit about what the future might be at this association that wants to be a client of yours? Okay. Um, the one thing we look for is to see, are they professionally managed or not? Okay. Are they professionally managed? That's one area that we know gives them the potential to do things a lot better way than if they're not professionally managed. Okay. That means they're getting the information, the knowledge, the experience they need to help run things a little bit better. You know, we know associations run better when they communicate. We know they run better if they have social events, if they get together, if they know their neighbors. Okay, we know those are just three things right off the bat. The association will be just a little bit better if they do those three things. Now, wait, wait, wait. the Say problems- again. Okay. I'm writing notes. Manage. Um... <laughs> Communication. Okay. Okay. They have to social events. Social events really, really are, and they have to know their neighbors. Because if they, when they do those three things, you know, it's hard to have the disputes that we're seeing. The disputes that we're seeing right now only happens in community associations. You know, you go to work every day, you know, uh, you go to any other thing you belong to, any corporation belong to, a nonprofit, whatever it is. Because we live here, okay, and we feel that they don't have the right to tell us things, and we have this attitude about us, we have conflict. There's drama. Now, the problem with drama is, is that drama is everywhere, but how much that drama is going to cost is the problem. Association with a lot more amenities want to have a little bit more drama than ones that don't. Okay, if you, or you have, if you don't have a pool, guess what? People are okay. But if you have a pool, you have drama. If you have a, a golf course, you have drama. The new drama is a tot lot. We see people putting in little tot lots in there for the children. Now, people come in and say, oh, a tot lot is great. When I have kids, it's wonderful. But guess what happened? We have a tot lot. The kids make noise. <laughs> and you sit on your balcony, you hear the kids playing, and then also you want to put time limits on the kids, you want to do certain things, you create drama. Now, the question though, how can you do that effectively is by communicating. Setting that time, it's okay, the kids can play from this time to that time, let's all agree how to do it. Instead, if I have money and I have time, I'm sitting there all day long, looking at my window, okay, and seeing the kids play, then that might bother me, okay? But if I go to work, if I have other things to do, if I have other priorities in life, it doesn't bother me as much. And that's the difference yeah. though. Or if you met that family last weekend at the social yeah. and you met the parents and the parents are nice people yes, and they have kids and you think those kids remind me of my kids or my grandkids, depending on where you are in, in life. Then when you see them playing on the tot light, it may bring a smile to your face instead of a scowl. 
Is that how the, the friendship element works? Exactly, exactly. Okay. Now, from an underwriting point of view, how do we know these things? We don't, but we do know the other things. <laughs> really that we do know when they don't act up right. We, we do know when there's drama, okay? Because we ask on the application, are you aware of anything that may give rise to a claim? Yeah, be aware of any fact or circumstances. Do you know anything out there? And most of the no, we don't know anything, but this one guy is out there that's driving us crazy. Oh, but, you know, they always have a but, and then all of a sudden they go, okay, this has some drama in there. And once you find out about the drama, we have to sit back and figure out, okay, what are we gonna do about it? Can we can exclude that individual from coverage, okay? We can say no, we, we can take a pass on it. We can put a higher deductible for that one individual who creates the drama. Uh, we, a lot of things we can do. Every association has that person in there that creates drama, okay? The difference is, how, do we, how does the board respond to the drama? Do they listen and say, okay, well, thank you very much and move on? Or do they create more drama on top of the drama? These are things that we look for and go, okay, you know, we see it. And, and we see it a lot of times when we, all of a sudden we get a new application from people saying, okay, can you, start, can you quote this immediately? Uh-oh, why do you need to think immediately? What's going on out there? You know? yep. Oh, nothing's happening out there. Uh, but we know something's happening out there, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes we want to ask for the board minutes and say, okay, what's happening in the minutes? Um, give us more documentation. It, it's pretty obvious the ones that are doing well. Um, they will, they'll ask for quotes 60 days ahead of time. Their applications filled out completely. You know, the things that, you know, you look for and go, okay, well, this must be, well, they did a good job of, of filling out. They didn't fill out halfway. They didn't leave certain things blank. There's certain things we look for because, again, we're looking for well managed associations to ensure. Yeah. Well, uh, absolutely fascinating. Um, right down here, there's drama everywhere. But if you can turn that into living peacefully with your own neighbors, which is the nature of community association living, which is why we have this podcast. We're speaking to board members, we're speaking to homeowners, understanding that we are living closely with our neighbors and how to do that in a, a compassionate manner, how to do that in a friendly manner, how to do that in a peaceful manner so that when you see someone, you smile rather than are annoyed just because they have that dog that may be a little noisy or a little too furry or whatever, seeing them as people and then appreciating that that has a factor in your actual cost at the association. Yeah. My, my mind is spinning. It's going to take me a while to, to decompress and put all this together. But uh, fascinating stuff. So, uh, Kevin, thank you again for being part of this podcast. Um, what you've been speaking to me uh, lately off, uh, offline, off channel, was about cyber coverage. And so that's what I want to speak about next time with your permission, next time cyber coverage. Yes. I, it's okay. something that people don't understand. And just really briefly, we spend too much time when cyber coverage is data breach. We all worried about our data. And it's, to me... Is more about the money, our reserve account, operating account, the money that's there. People want that more than they want your data. They don't care about your data. They have that data already. We'll talk more about the aspect of money than the data and why that's more important and it's shifting over. So looking forward to it. Fantastic. Well, we hope uh, you learned something from our discussion today that helps bring common sense to your common areas. If you have a topic that you'd like to have us address or questions you'd like us to answer, please call 805 203 3130 or email us at podcast at reservestudy.com. We look forward to having you join us for another great episode next week. You've been listening to Common Sense for Common Areas. Thank you to each of you for your engagement and support. 
To continue the conversation, you can follow the social media links for Robert Nordland, Kevin Davis, and Julie Adaman in the show notes. If you like the show and would like to support us, you can do so in a number of ways. You can subscribe to Common Sense for Common Areas wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And please share it with another board member. You can do us a huge favor by going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating and review. And you can also support us by supporting the brands that sponsor this program. You'll find links to the website and social media for Association Reserves, Community Financials, and Kevin Davis Insurance Services in the show notes. But the most important thing you can do is to engage in the conversation. You can email your questions or voice memos to podcast at reservestudy.com or call our 24-7 voicemail line at 805-203-3130. This podcast was produced by Stokelight Video Production and Marketing. With Stokelight on your team, you'll see sales grow as you reach more customers with videos that inspire action. See the show notes to connect with Stokelight. Finally, remember that the views and opinions expressed by the podcast, including host, co-host, and guest, do not constitute legal advice. We encourage our audience to consult with their own legal counsel before making important decisions.